0: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and
1: you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends, to the 444th episode of Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox show. Yes, that is the ultimate palindrome. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Joined by Destin Legarry. Bam! Hey, everybody. There it is. And Miranda Sanchez. Oh, Thank you, Master Chief, for the intro. As always, Steve Downs, always happy to hear from him. Hope you better get used to that, because he's going to be here every week. (laughs) That's just how it is. He's moved in. Uh, We've got a lot to cover this week. Uh, There's just a ton of news stories. I want to start with some housekeeping notes. First, uh, once again, a reminder... Specific to this audience, the Xbox audience, the new episode of IGN Unfiltered is with Marcus Leto, longtime Bungie veteran, the longtime art director. He went on to become the game director of Halo Reach, which is many people's favorite Halo. And he literally created Master Chief himself. So we uh, get into an hour's worth of great stories. Check that out on IGN, on YouTube, or on your favorite podcast service. Also, on a similar Halo y note, Halo 2 Anniversary is out on Master Chief Collection for PC now. So uh, I I don't know if Miranda or Destin have, if you've got a chance to look at it. I have not yet, but uh, it it held up really well the last time I looked at it. Yes. I played...
0: Go ahead, Miranda.
2: Okay. Uh, I've been playing a ton because I've been collecting the skulls so we can get new screenshots for our guide. Uh, <laughs> so I'm playing Solo Legendary. I forgot how hard Solo Legendary is for Halo 2. It's like, well, <laughs> I'll be here for a while. So some of those skulls are quite tough.
0: Yeah, for me, I just did... Uh, I did Reach on PC, but I didn't yeah. do two on PC. Um, it's buttery smooth. It's good. It's just... Uh, they definitely have Bungie has definitely improved their N343 shooting mechanics overall and they learned a lot from those early games and it's really cool it's really a trip to go back and just see what it was like in the OG Halo days mm-hmm. even even the translation to keyboard and mouse I don't know Miranda are you using a controller or keyboard oh, and mouse Oh definitely
2: using a controller
0: <laughs> Oh yeah yeah uh, it's it's neat it's definitely made for a controller i'll say that
2: yes which is why i'm using one
0: <laughs> yeah they did a great job adapting it for the keyboard controls though too mm-hmm.
1: yeah when I, the last time i played it you know not super long ago it just i was sort of struck by how well i feel like the campaign in halo 2 has held up like i mm-hmm. i my memory of it from of course originally was oh yeah the ending it just didn't end it just mm-hmm. stops but I mean, that's still true, but the actual, like if when you kind of go back to it on repeated playthroughs after so many years, boy, J- Joseph Staten and the the team at Bungie did such a great job of just really interweaving those Chief and Arbiter narratives. And it really is, I think it probably, if they had finished it off with that last mission that it lacks, I think it probably would have been my favorite Halo campaign. Like that's how good I think it was up until the point where it stops and fails to actually conclude. It's a right. great campaign. And of course, multiplayer speaks for itself.
0: You know, those blur cinematics don't don't hurt it. That's for sure. They On the remake, awesome. yeah, the
1: anniversary edition. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's definitely the way I would absolutely recommend playing it. I think you can like toggle back and forth to see the old and the new. Mm-hmm, I don't remember correct. if that's yeah, uh that's trippy. Just watch the new one. The new one's fantastic.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, another programming note, a reminder that our May IGN 1st, our sort of cover story, if you're thinking magazine style, for the month is The Ascent, one of the more promising-looking games that we saw at the Inside Xbox stream. Gosh, it, that already feels like a month ago. I think, what was that, two weeks ago? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like two weeks. weeks ago. It's been a little while, but uh, yeah, The Ascent, It's a, it's effectively... Judge Dredd meets Diablo is the the quick elevator pitch version. We've had uh, 12 minutes of gameplay. We've had a bunch of neat interviews about how they came to become an an Xbox exclusive. So Tom Marks and video producer Brian Malkowitz have been doing a just killer job bringing all that content to IGN. So please go seek that out. Catch up on it. You can start to learn about a Series X launch title today. Like Just get, get your process started. Get educated. And enjoy. And finally, a quick note we're recording, of course, on Tuesday, as we usually do. Thursday morning, I don't actually know what time, but Thursday, probably by the time you wake up or have breakfast, depending on your time zone, I will have my review up of Saints Row the Third Remastered, which, guys, it is now my third time reviewing that game. (laughs) So uh, we'll see how that remaster holds up. I reviewed it originally when I worked at official Xbox magazine, when it first came out in like 2010, 2011. And then I reviewed the Nintendo switch version that they did last year. So here we go again, another go around (laughs) with the third street saints. So if you're interested in that, look out for that review later this week. All right, let's get down to business guys. I want to talk about a Phil Spencer comment Uh, With specific regard to, he was talking to Business Insider, and Phil was addressing the COVID situation and its effect on the games business and on what Microsoft is up to. And so, again, so far, so good on the hardware front. We're looking good there. But with regard to games, Phil said uh, that launch games, everything this year should be in good shape. But he said this, quote, mocap is just something that's basically stopped. We're not going into mocap studios. If you had all your animation captured and you're doing touch-up in more individual art production and in areas like textures and other things, you're in a better position. If you're waiting for a lot of either large audio work, when it's with symphonies and other things, or mocap, you're held up right now and you're making progress in areas that you aren't held up. So I hadn't really thought about that. The idea that, right, so many of these games have these have tremendous performance capture, motion capture work with multiple actors in a scene. And then the, the beautiful soundtracks that we get for things like halo have these large symphonies and none of that can go on right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right. And he's being very upfront. That is one thing that you can't do remotely. Funny enough, uh, Lance Reddick, he does VO for, um, destiny he actually tweeted out a little clip recently where he's actually doing his narration in his closet because it it has dampening effect of the clothing in there right and uh he's sort of teasing something coming for whatever destiny has on the way so there are still ways to do most production things except mocap mocap is one of those things where you need a large space you need to put a bunch of dots on your face really close personal contact fancy Um,
1: cameras Fancy yeah.
0: cameras and such, but there are a lot of games that are okay, but something like uh uh Senua's Sacrifice.
1: Yes, uh, Hellblade 2.
0: Yeah, that one might take a little longer because obviously you need the mocap for all the facial expressionism, oh. right?
1: Yeah, good point. I mean, it's uh now that presumably Hellblade 2 is much farther off. Phil was... Sort of specifically saying uh in addition here that he thinks the the games that are due out in about a year from now, so the kind of early first half of 2021 games, which most of those we don't know about yet, those he feels like are the ones that could be impacted. And so as it specifically pertains to Xbox, I wonder, guys, uh will start with Miranda first, like what do you think we'll see fewer first party Xbox games uh exclusives? In that first uh, half of of 2021, after that initial launch w- lineup as uh, as originally planned,
2: um, that seems to kind of be what he's hinting at. It's like maybe there'll be a few months delayed. It, it doesn't. I, I think it really depends on like how much they had already done before everything kind of hit and before everyone had yeah. to just stay inside. Um, so I I definitely could see if things don't start opening up until the end of the year, or early next year, then that stuff is going to be pretty significantly delayed. But hopefully, there's enough in the bag already, and for studios that don't necessarily need mocap, um, can keep pushing through on development. But I cannot imagine having to uh, record music over the internet. <laughs> That's got to be a tough one. Like I don't know what the, the make good is for symphonies, just because. Uh, so I played clarinet for a really long time, like all through grade school and then through college. Yeah. And so when you're playing in, in like, a hall with a bunch of different people, like, you you have to be there. Like, recording online with that many instruments is so hard. Like, I could not even imagine. Like, I'm sure you would just have to all record your own parts, and then someone has to go through and individually mix everything together, and that's assuming that you get a great take. And so that seems, like, next level tough as far as, like, music goes. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I I would assume that some stuff is gonna get uh, hit a little harder with delays, but you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I suppose the at the July event with the first party games, we might get a, a decent sense of what that launch window looks like, and then can kind of sort of see from there. Like, all oh, right, well, what what might end up getting pushed back? Although by that point, you'd think Microsoft will have a pretty good handle on it too, and they'll hopefully message all that.
2: I would like uh, to think, well. yeah, too, that they won't announce things that would be launch window that can't make launch window. Like maybe they would just hold those for later. It's like you know what this isn't going to make it, that's fine. We will just not even announce it. Like, that's just the way to do it, right? Like, don't try to set up through something that could just be disappointing later. Um, Unless they really want to announce it now, which is also kind of fine. But, you know.
1: All right. (laughs) Excellent. Yes. Let's move on to our next topic, which is Gamescom, uh, part of the ongoing digital-only life that we are all leading right now. We've got dates, we've got details for Gamescom 2020. It will now take place digitally, of course, from August 27th to the 30th, which I believe is a little later than it originally was scheduled for. Now, typically, it's it's a little before that uh, in the month of August. The content hub, Gamescom Now, will be expanded and feature world premieres, news, games, and events, and will be free to watch, no event ticket required. On August 27th, we'll get Jeff Keighley's Opening Night Live Showcase, which, of course, he had been planning already. Uh, And then also, there will be Awesome Indies, which is, of course, an indie-focused showcase. Gamescom Studio, uh, featuring developer interviews. Gamescom Daily Show, expanding on announcements from Gamescom. uh, And then they'll close it out with Gamescom Best of Show and Awards Show. So... That uh, sounds pretty good. It sounds like uh, it's we're, we're going to get a, a really nice at-home event for for uh, whether you typically go to Gamescom or, or not. It should still be a fun time.
0: Yeah, I think Gamescom's really smart going all digital. I think they have a pretty good lineup. Uh, having seen what Keeley has created this far, it's he's definitely working on it. He's still working through a few of the challenges. You know, as we as we all are. And uh, I think by Gamescom, he will probably have something really, really nice for opening night live. And hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like with the new setting. So it'll be different, that's for sure.
1: Right. Miranda, yeah. do you think, like, the, the thought I had about this was, you know, most years, certainly in our line of work, and, and fans can see it, see the content, is, you know, is the Gamescom showing of a game Sometimes it's just they just show the same thing that they showed at E3, and right. that's, with, that's with E3 and Gamescom being two months apart. Here, with specific regard to Microsoft, we've got the first party showcase planned for July and then Gamescom at the end of August. So I wonder how much of a presence, like what Microsoft might show that even could be particularly different than what they'll show at their, their first party showcase in July
2: yeah i'm a little curious about that too just because i mean i feel like they're showing might be just like more gameplay of very specific games that they feel like haven't gotten a lot of attention or maybe to revisit some that were say announced earlier this month right um just that way they can kind of go back and just like refocus some of their messaging because if we think about it they're going to do an inside xbox every month right for as Mm -hmm. part of their 2020 and if they do those on the same cadence as we had for this month, it's going to be at the beginning of the month. So they're going to already have shown whatever they have to show for August. And so they're going to have to revisit things for that. Um, and that's really what Gamescom is for a lot of studios. It's like, let's revisit things that we've already shown, maybe shown a different gameplay demo, maybe show right. something different. Because it is a little bit more um, consumer-based show, right? It's not necessarily just like a, a media event like E3 usually is. Kind of these days, who knows? Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a little up in the air at this point now. Uh, but with that being said, I think I'm really curious to see how what they go about showing. Um, I think this is going to be a great place for maybe studios or different developers, especially smaller developers who don't necessarily have their own way to do their own big show um, to get their foot in the door somewhere and say, hey, please put this on your show so that we can have something else here because this is like we're, we're aligning with like a lot of different big partners and it's their chance to like really show, hey, before Next Gen comes out, don't forget about us. We're here and we're excited for fall as well. And so I think yeah. that could be a good opportunity.
1: Yeah, you know, that's, you make a good point. I hadn't even really thought about them maybe revisiting some of the stuff that we just saw at the, at the third party showcase, particularly the launch lineup, the, the launch mm-hmm. games, right? Like, like The Ascent, like uh, Scorn, and I think uh, the medium was the other one that's supposed to be a either launch or launch, like right about launch, if not on it directly. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose on the on the first party side, maybe Keeley can can twist Microsoft's arm for a little bit more Halo by that point. And then uh, the other obvious one's Forza, right? Like, I, I'm sure Microsoft's going to be since they haven't even announced Like this is the longest we've ever gone into into a Forza release here, and again, I'm assuming, and yes, I know what assuming does makes an ass out of you and me. And <laughs> I will be I will be dumbfounded if there's not a Forza game this year. So that's why that's why I'm speaking so confidently because we didn't get one last year, so we've got to get one this year, especially at the launch. But yeah, you got to figure that Microsoft's going to be will, ready and willing to show anything and everything from Forza starting in July, right? Like the oh, absolutely, it's, it's going to be all like. Just a feeding frenzy of show every car, show every track, and just you've got this gorge. What it inevitably will be a gorgeous racing game. That's a, that's a launch title that you can just you can show at every event for the rest of the year till it comes out. So well,
2: I'm not the biggest Forza person. Sorry to sneak in really quickly, but I really want to. I wanted to announce that I ordered my OLED TV, and I'm super excited because it gets here uh, Thursday, <laughs> and I'm gonna play Forza. I'm playing so much what? Forza.
1: What you get? Sorry to cut cut Destin off again, but yeah, I'm, so I'm really, curious.
2: Really quick, I got the LG C9. Okay, it's uh, a 55 yeah, that's inch.
1: 50, okay, yeah, this is a 55 behind me because that's just what fits in my space here. And I've got the B9. So you've got the you've got the one year newer version. Uh, yeah, I love this thing. I think you're yeah. probably almost certainly going to love it. Yeah, it's uh it's it's kind of tough to go back now. It's it's really yeah. you know, I'm very spoiled. You know the. OLED, you get the you could you get the great black levels you get uh, it's it's been nice I'll send you the I'll send you the link to the to the uh calibration guide to go Ooh. in and tweak all your settings yes,
2: as please. nice as
1: they can possibly be Destin yes. we've been we've been hog in your spotlight here. Go ahead. That's okay.
0: That's okay. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> just thinking on the the Gamescom stuff. So it's 17th to, or 27th to 30th of August. I imagine that's going to be the inside Xbox for September or they do a shorter one early September. I don't think they've ever really locked into a particular cadence with the show. Have they? Like, it seems like it just kind of happens when they feel it's best fit for them.
1: On, um, oh, I, as as far as the Microsoft stuff,
0: yeah, Inside Xbox yeah. or 2020 or whatever they're calling it right now.
1: Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I guess, that is a fair point that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe, Miranda, it's not, we shouldn't necessarily assume it's going to be at the same time of the month every yeah. month.
2: Yeah, I feel uh, like yeah. it would make a little bit more sense if they are trying to keep something a little bit more... Um, planned out for fans, like if it's something. Sorry, my camera keeps focusing on cat. Your cat's my adorable. Cat playing back there, she's <laughs> she's just so hyper right now. Kid, the it's camera
1: knows what the fans want. It's like let's <laughs> yes. let's focus in let's on focus the cat on over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um. But yeah, I w- I would think just from a production standpoint, it would make most sense to have something a little bit more scheduled out. Um. That being mm. said, they haven't actually released any dates as far as like when we can anticipate that. Right. So maybe like Dustin to your point, they might just have it. Whenever they're ready for stuff and just keep it a little bit more flexible, which honestly, flexibility at this point in time is really good to have. So,
0: Yeah, separately, though, think about Nintendo and what they did a few years back. They literally just played Zelda for like three days. And if Halo Infinite is as sprawling and as large as they're claiming, then... They could just play that game for a few hours a day, every day of Gamescom, and fans would eat it up. I know I would. I watch it every day. Excellent.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You
0: know, so it would be like the Zelda for Microsoft, basically. Uh, And that would be awesome.
1: And remember, too, that wasn't long ago, and uh, although it feels everything from before this pandemic feels like five years ago, but Microsoft signed Ninja through for for mixer so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm sure that they'll just have ninja up there playing halo multiplayer which is how he got his start competitively Mm -hmm. to uh to for for the for as much time as they need whether it's during the july thing or during during Gamescom, that's a that's an excellent excellent point destiny they've got they've got that ace in the hole
0: they could be planning a tournament or something, too, bringing True. up a ninja thing, you know, just like, hey, we're going to do a tournament, and these people are going to be able to play. Uh Come watch during Gamescom, and there'll be PR beats for that. We're probably going to get a trailer pretty soon, and then they'll start the marketing ramp up, you know. So we're going to get a lot of Halo assets, I think, leading towards this holiday season.
1: I sure hope so. I mean, I'm seeing uh since, you know, the community is, is antsy. They are ready for for some halo, but it looks like we'll have to wait till July, but you're right from that point on, it should hopefully be floodgates are open. All right, next up, uh, this one is a little bit of original reporting, although quite frankly, I just kind of lucked into it. So last week, uh, so I've been talking to Double Fine for a little bit. They're they're well aware of how much I love full throttle because every time I see Tim Schafer, I tell him I love full throttle. And I I love all his games, but especially Full Throttle. And that game turned 25 this month, which makes me feel very old um, because it's like I was a functioning person when I played it. I wasn't a little kid. (laughs) So that makes me feel old. But in any case, uh, they invited me to do a live stream with Tim Schafer and just talk to him about the game for a bit, for an hour uh, on it in celebration of its 25th anniversary, and we had a great time. You can find that video on IGN, or uh, might be easier to just find it on IGN's YouTube page or Double Finds as well. But in the middle of it, so I'm just talking to Tim about, oh, you know, what about just doing my nerd stuff because I, I know everything about that game, like from a player's perspective. Mark Hamill is the voice of the bad guy, and uh, all kinds of great stuff. In the middle of it, Tim goes oh, well, we're we're bringing all three of our adventure game remasters to Xbox. Like, what? What did you <laughs> What did you just say? That's, you hadn't announced that before, had you? I was like, no, no. So Grim Fandango Remastered, yeah. Day of the Tentacle Remastered, and of course, Full Throttle Remastered, which had all, if you're familiar with this at all, they were Sony exclusives on the console side that are, of course, out on PC. But they were out with Sony because Sony had basically uh helped facilitate the deal uh with disney because disney owns LucasArts arts uh to to even make them happen because disney slash lucas own all of those ips because of course tim created them and when he was at lucas arts so there were a lot of sort of legal weirdness going on there uh, which is why you know tim doesn't own those games microsoft doesn't own those games But yeah, we were just playing the game, chatting about Full Throttle for its 25th anniversary, and and Tim dropped that little little nugget. So uh, I did follow up with Microsoft afterwards to ask, well, are these going to be going into Game Pass, which all first-party games do, but these kind of aren't first-party games, even though they're going to be released through a first-party Xbox Studio. Again, very muddy, very weird. I did not get a comment, an answer back from Microsoft on that which the cynic in me would lead me to believe that, that reading between the lines means the answer is no. They will not be going into Game Pass, probably, again, for some legal licensing reason. But better to just set your expectation there, and then if they are Game Pass games, be pleasantly surprised. But the good news is, regardless, these are three phenomenal, timeless adventure games. All three, uh, well, two of them are funny as hell, and Grim Fandango is still funny, but but more of just beautiful grim fandango is like a painting uh as far as it is it is art uh, surprise those games I, are all great
2: yeah i love grim fandango so much surprise I have a skeleton in my background and so yeah i love that game so much so honestly even if it weren't in games Pass, i would probably just buy it again i haven't actually played full throttle so oh, really i should okay. do that because i do love adventure games so
1: oh it's it's one of my favorites yeah you will you will like it it's uh the, the humor, it's very dry. Uh, the, the lead Perfect. character, the voice actor uh, that, that voices Ben, your main character, it's it's just a total deadpan dry humor the whole time, and it it's totally works with, uh, with what they're doing. So if, like me, you're an old-school LucasArts adventure game fan, but you have not been able to play those three remasters from Tim Schafer, you'll finally get the chance later this year on your Xbox uh next, speaking of remasters, the Mafia Trilogy is back uh we'd already kind of gotten wind of uh the Mafia three definitive edition, which that's the most recent game okay that's not that's the least <laughs> the least sexy of these three, but we've also got Mafia two as a remaster, and then uh Destin Mafia one the original mafia as a full from the ground up remake.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. I'm glad they remade it and just didn't do the remastering process because that's one of those games that's aged enough where it could definitely benefit from a little bit of a, an update in on the systems front and, and how it functions. And man, if you have never played the mafia trilogy, that is just an excellent time to, to jump in. I know mafia three was sort of, eh, but, um, Mafia One uh, apparently available August twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Yes, and then um, yeah, we'll see about the rest of it. Uh,
1: Mafia Two's out Ma- now. Out's yeah, today. it's out
0: now, but yeah. that's just HDified, right?
1: Correct. Well, yeah, four K. Know, they just they gave it a pass, but. It's not just a updated remake. all
0: the textures, just made everything look 10, 10 times better than the original. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but so if you if you really want to check out Mafia 2, that's a good one. And then uh, I'm I'm stoked for Mafia 1 and getting to play it a little bit later in the year, personally, because I haven't played Mafia 1.
1: Oh, really? OK, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. reviewed the Xbox port of it to the original Xboxes. It, it was it started out. It was a PC game and mm-hmm. then it was ported to the original Xbox. Uh, I reviewed it. It, w- it was a great game at the time. I it would. I can't really say if, if, if it's aged well. I'd have to go back and play it again to see how it's held up. But it was a really good game with a really good story. And then with 2, Destin, did you play 2 at all? No. Which was a little I, more no. Okay.
0: I only played Mafia 3. 3. These games were before I was like super into PC gaming. Yeah. And um, yeah, they were regarded mostly as PC games to me at the time. So, um, yeah, I was more into, like, Need for Speed and, God, what else was I playing back then? StarCraft, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously great games, but I'm excited to play them now.
1: And yeah, 2 two was, uh, I reviewed that for OXM as well, so that one goes back to before my time at IGN. Uh, I'm trying to think when 2 came out. It's been a while. It says uh, 2010.
2: 2010. Wow. Okay.
1: So that game's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Two, what I remember about two was it was gorgeous at the time, like just beautiful art direction, really nice lighting. So I'd be curious how they carry that stuff forward. But it was uh, kind of the open world. There wasn't a lot to do. That's what I remember holding, Mm. holding mafia Two back again. The story was good there just wasn't a lot to do in the in the world itself like they gave you an open world and you could wander around there just weren't a lot of cool things to do there and then yeah, so 3 I'm, I'm the opposite of you guys i only played a few minutes of 3 it just i have to say for whatever reason it just didn't really hold my interest the way the first two did
0: yeah i i mean it was just whatever but looking looking at some of the dates here mafia 1 came out in 2002 Wow, so that makes me feel old.
1: That was, yeah. yeah.
0: And then Mafia Two, Google's telling me 2010. Yeah, so that's that's quite a significant gap.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that well, that developer, uh, if I remember correctly, the original developer was they were in the I think the Czech Republic, and they were called Mm -hmm. Illusion Softworks, and I think they were eventually acquired by 2K, I think, and folded in. If Feral Interactive
0: right. apparently worked on it.
1: <laughs> hmm. that, well, they wouldn't they weren't the main developer. I mean, they, is that who did the remaster you're saying?
0: I think they did the port to to two consoles, maybe Mac,
1: something?
0: Mac maybe or something. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, it all got folded into 2K.
1: Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I remember. I mean, it was it, you're right, it was a long wait between Mafia One and Two. And it was a pretty still another long wait between two and three. <laughs> wonder if it'll be that long i mean now it's it's in totally different hands with uh with hangar 13 just totally different group of people but yeah it's a it seems like you can buy them individually uh from from this announcement and then if you do that you just you can play two now uh and then you'll get one at the end of august as Destin mentioned when that comes out but uh yeah I, the fact that mafia one is a resident evil 2 style like total from the ground up remake mm-hmm. that that makes me a lot more excited than just a regular remaster would
0: incredibly smart timing we don't have a new gta thing right now you know red dead's far enough out that it's it's sort of separated i think this is a really really good timing for a mafia one uh what do you, what would we call it a uh, remake yeah it's remake. A remake right yeah Remake versus remaster. There's a very important distinction there that you have to make. And uh, yeah, man, Mafia One, Really, really good timing. I'm excited to play it. Now do it for Mass Effect EA.
1: Please! Please! The the rumor won't die. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, mean, that's... If EA wants to have a good EA play this year, that's the thing to say on stage. Just pull that card out. Find somebody capable to do it and do it.
0: Yeah, oh. uh, yeah, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 in the new Unreal Engine. Just like we saw that demo <laughs> that blew us all away. Unreal
2: 5? Yeah. yeah. I'd just be like, wow. You'd
1: be super I'm, down I'm for
2: that. Doing. <laughs> I wish. Well, we, we don't know. It could, could happen. Could I happen. Just got to keep screaming about it. Maybe one day I hope you are right.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, next, speaking of IGN's original reporting, uh, I had a busy week last week. I also got to interview Vince Zampella, the head of Respawn Studios, Respawn Entertainment. Pardon me for that studio's tenth anniversary. So, hey. uh, I was, just had a nice phone or Zoom conversation actually with Vince. Put up a story on IGN, and really, the I'd encourage you to read it, of course. But the sort of newsiest takeaway is, as you may have heard when this was first announced, so Vince was promoted to now he's gonna run not just respawn but a, a a group of studios at EA so he will have more power and influence at EA which looking at Vince's track record I think is a very smart thing for EA to do. And one of the studios that is now under his direction is DICE LA, which is their which has been a support studio for a number of years, supporting Dice Sweden's efforts, Stockholm, on the Battlefield games. So I was asking Vince about that, and basically he. So I said, "Well, all right. What kind of game are they going to make? What are they going to get up to?" And he said, "Well, they're they're going to get their own name. So we'll, the studio will be renamed, but if they won't be part of Respawn. They'll still be, you know, part of Vince's group, but not part of Respawn proper." And he did say that the game is likely to be a first-person shooter, or he said a shooter, likely to be a shooter on the Frostbite engine because the <laughs> team that's there has. The dice l a team knows frostbite and knows shooters, so uh, that is a, a nice little clue, I think, which and he also mentioned that they don't want it to compete with anything that EA has elsewhere in the portfolio. So I kind of want to toss out to you guys what what where do you think what what might those guys do with you know, what kind of frostbite shooter, first or third maybe, might we get? I don't
0: know. I hope it's new. Whatever it is, I would love to see them take a crack. Is that cat action
2: going on back there? Yeah, I'm so sorry guys. My cats have just been like off the walls hyper. This is kind of their time where they're either like whining down to sleep or they're just getting super intense. And it they have was, chosen to get super intense. They're just really excited about uh computers. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm
1: actually I'm not looking at you guys. My monitor's here and the camera's here. But I like mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just hearing the cats going like something sounds like it's crawling along a fence or playing with a with a bell or something.
2: Yeah, they both have bells, <laughs> so they're each other. I apologize, guys. But.
1: Yeah, no worries at all. It just makes the the work from home experience. And and the listening experience for our audience more fun. But uh sorry, who I think Destin, you were talking. I think you were you were in the middle of something there.
0: Yeah, so for me, the frostbite engine is currently running Star Wars and it's running Battlefield 5, right? So maybe it's uh, Battlefield 6.
1: Oh yeah, Battlefront you mean Star Wars Battlefront.
0: <laughs> the Battlefield right, not,
1: games. Right. Not you're talking not Jedi Fallen Order, just to be super clear. That's on Unreal. Correct. Yeah.
0: Well, is it on Unreal? I'm not talking about that game. I'm talking about Star Wars Battlefront. Okay, and I'm just talking clarify. about uh the yeah, Battlefield 5, right? That's in Frostbite.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Yeah, you threw me off my my it's game, right. but anyway. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um those two properties are currently in Frostbite. So so likely I'm guessing it's a, it's a new Battlefield game. Ideally, I would love it if they took a crack at something different, not tied to a major license like Star Wars. Um they want to I mean, make money, obviously, but I, I'm yeah. just a sucker for new ideas and new t- – just taking a new chance you know, yeah. on anything. So I'll, I'll always personally so, hope that they're trying to exercise their creativity more.
1: So do you think it might be – before I go to Miranda, do you think, Destin, it might be – so you're, you're, you're thinking maybe a Battlefield game but something like an offshoot, something separate from the mainline Battlefield?
0: Well, he didn't say anything's coming out anytime soon, right?
1: True. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, he could just be like, "Yeah, we're working on a new shooter. It could be seven years away, for all we know, could and be. we just don't hear about it forever." And we haven't heard anything about, you know, Battlefield Five in a while. They did their battle royale version, and I have to imagine they have to get into development on Battlefield Six or whatever the next Battlefield entry ends up being. And You've set that
1: out next year. Pardon. I believe they've said they've, that that's out next year. The battlefield, the next battlefield, is next year.
0: into well, the plane. Okay. yeah. I have no idea. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to do first-person shooters. I mean, I think that would make the most sense, but it would be cool to see them get creative with something different. Um, so to note, also respawn also annu- announced a new studio as part of their tenth anniversary. So they have respawn Vancouver, oh, cool. which will okay. be working more on Apex. So that that has more of a team that's just pushing behind that and, like, making sure there's a lot of uh, different, like, updates for it and different content. And probably so that the core Respawn team down in LA can focus on other games that they're working on. And so I would assume whatever Dice LA is going to do is going to be different enough from, like, what Core Respawn will be doing. So, which obviously, you know, Vince wouldn't want them competing with each other. So I think it's going to be something a little bit different than what we'd be expecting
1: that's interesting. Yeah, I guess it it does make a ton of sense to start a new support studio entirely for Apex because it's a huge mm-hmm. game and it, you're exactly right, Miranda. They can they could then the core team can move on to another bigger project while this while Vancouver keeps Apex going. I had one idea that I just I think you guys might like. And I'm trying to think, okay, well what what could make sense that they could do? It's a shooter in Frostbite you got a you got a team that has that has experience with both of those things, and the and what could what wouldn't compete? I thought well, okay, EA does still have the Star Wars license. What about bringing back Republic Commando the same way that they brought back Battlefield, where it's a four player campaign driven co op game that I feel like could make a ton of sense and also make a lot of people real happy.
2: Yes that would be great if they could do that <laughs> i think especially oops sorry uh especially if they do something with any sort of co-op shooter thing that's like story driven that's like really appealing and also there's not a ton of that always available like you do have your games like halo and you have gears that do that uh for first and third person but having more options for that is definitely welcome
0: <laughs> i i think people would love that ryan i think mm-hmm. that would really, really be a good property to release with, you know, what's the competition? Destiny, Remnant from the Ashes. You know, there's a few games out there, but nothing is really new. And this would feel pretty new, like a new experience that players could hop in and enjoy. I, I think they'd eat it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like so we'll see. Go especially ahead, if they don't sorry. Especially if they don't do something that's like a looter shooter or something, that that would be even more appealing because it has mm-hmm. just like, hey, we're going through the story together, especially in a universe that we love, which is Star Wars. So I would be super down for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I mean, a, a looter shooter would take too damn long to build, I would think. If, yeah. But if, yeah. if you kind of scale down and just do a story focused co op republic commando type thing that could be could be realistic could they could seek they could get that out before their star wars license expires which it's it's due to end in about three years and now granted we don't know the terms of that we don't know if it will be extended if it already has quietly been extended if a game that's in development would still count even if it comes out past the end of that term who knows but um we'll see it's uh it's an interesting topic of conversation. Uh, for the next little while until they actually (laughs) announce something. And then, uh, finally here, I want to just mention Tony Hawk Remaster. We talked about this on last week's show. This is uh, nothing but good news. And that is that the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remasters will not feature microtransactions at launch, although it was suggested it could happen down the road if there's a frothing demand for it, but vicarious visions head uh, jen o'neill speaking to GameSpot said everything that you see at launch is going to be unlocked with gameplay we're not planning on having monetization at launch which good of course no one wants (laughs) who out there is like give me in-game
0: monetization now (laughs) nobody (laughs) yeah i guess (laughs) that's not gonna happen
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i mean it makes sense that that they they would just be super clear about what, that with this because yes. this is a nostalgia play, right? Like you don't want to. People are already feeling good to buy this game. You don't want to ruin that by by having microtransactions in there.
2: Packs that would be the for worst. Sure. <laughs> so music packs like at launch, I mean, for songs yeah. that we already love and were already included.
1: Exactly. Um, All right, so. Yeah. Good news for Tony Hawk, and that's out. Uh, So we got the Mafia remake, end of August, and then the Tony Hawk we talked about last week is beginning of September. So just getting those remasters and remakes in before next-gen launches. Let's get now to loot box and trivia. We're starting to run out of time this week. Going to go to the loot box. This is Preston from Seattle, Washington, up in Microsoft's Neck of the Woods. And this is a great one. We were talking about soundtracks earlier in the show with Phil's comment about games not being able to record their soundtracks when it comes to a large uh, symphony piece. But Preston wonders, what game has your favorite original soundtrack? This is an excellent question. I'm going to go Miranda's way first.
2: You can't make me pick one. No one can no one can make me. I, I refuse, but I will tell you several that I love. Of course, okay. any of the Halo's, Halo 1 through 3, especially a 3 because I've played that a lot. Okay, um, so you,
1: 3 for you is is uh your that's your yes. favorite Halo soundtrack cuz yes. you can there's a case to be made for all of them, right?
2: It, yes. Absolutely. I think all of them have a special place in my heart, just like 1 through 3. Pop any of them on, it's a good time. Uh Ocarina of Time has some of my favorite music of all time for video games. And then uh, of my new favorites, The Outer Wilds has an incredible soundtrack. I literally listen to that music every night before I go to sleep. I have like a playlist of I'm going to go to sleep now. And then I press play. And I have two Outer Wilds songs on there. It's very peaceful and just good. And then uh, Undertale for sure. Undertale, Toby Fox, composes fantastic music. And I I love it a lot. So, yeah.
1: What do you you say, Destin? What games, what comes to mind for you?
0: Yeah, first of all, let me just say we are absolutely spoiled by phenomenal soundtracks for most of the games that we play. They're just just really good and they stick in your head and, you know, like Miranda said, you can put them on your playlist and go to sleep. Uh, I used to do that with the Mass Effect soundtrack, uh, one, two, one and two. I used to put a lot of the the songs on from those games and uh, listen to them on loop. And in a lot of my edits... I have to, like, edit with similar songs, often depending on the game that you're talking about. So I'll just, like, go find the soundtrack for said game and use that as my music bed when discussing points about that property. And love it or hate it, the original Destiny soundtrack is phenomenal. And it just has... it. Uh, God, who is the musician? Marty O'Donnell. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was Marty O'Donnell, who did, you know, Halo, of course. And um, it just hits all the right moods it hits like a somber mood there's like the the battlefield sort of songs that really get you sort of jazzed up and they're really 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 solid and i think the original destiny soundtrack not the sequel the original uh is really really strong and mass effect one and two have some incredible tracks i really like the outro track from the original Mass Effect and now I want to go listen to it.
1: Oh yeah, that like <laughs> sort of 70s yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I do I love really the Mass like Effect
2: that. as well.
0: Yeah, it like it was so out of left field from all the other stuff and it was really different and it had it had a vocalist of course and uh yeah, so those are those are my answers.
1: Uh for me, two two quickies come to mind. Uh so for me Miranda, it's Halo 2. That was that was where, I mean, of course, you know, you've the the, the legendary original Halo score, but Breaking for Benjamins. Two, for, <laughs> for Marty O'Donnell took it to the next oh. level and brought in, uh I think, it, if I remember right, it was Joe Satriani, like this ace guitar player, and did like a, a like a sort of rock y version of it, which uh kicks in at a, a, a forget where in the campaign that that kicks in, but it's. It's really good. And there's a lot of there's just a lot of great stuff on that soundtrack. Uh yes, including Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> yes, ben, thank you very much. Uh which is it's just it's a fun, it's a fun song in the in the context of the game. So yeah, Halo 2, I'll still listen to that soundtrack to this day. And then going going like way back, uh there's a game that no one in the audience but me has probably played because <laughs> it's an old turbo graphics game. But for the TurboGrafx CD-ROM, it's East Book One and Two, the the RPG action RPG series. That's it's spelled Y S, and that right. I had no idea that studio. Yeah, that studio yeah. Nihon Falcom. <laughs> uh, they did tremendous. They were the East is really known for great music, and and One and Two had a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, it's kind of in that sort of like synthetic speed rock like jrpg uh flavor but i always loved it that always made me happy whenever i i hear it and uh yeah those are those are the first two that come to mind so preston from seattle thank you that is a great question and we've got a few minutes left here and i want to go to the unlocked block trivia question yes. sorry brendan tyrell will not get to play this week he is off in summer of gaming planning land so he's he's finalizing the stuff he's cooking up a a bunch of great stuff for you guys for june all the great reveals exclusives world premieres etc that we're going to have for you on ign in our sort of e3 replacement so for the unlock block trivia this week paul simpkin from hive in southampton england writes in and asked which of these titles was not a game that was in development for the 360 and then did not get a release so We've got basically four canceled games here. Name the fake one. Force of the Dragon, Bonk, Brink of Extinction, Scratch the Ultimate DJ, and Cypher Complex. Now, do either of you think you know it before no. I call no it? No way. No? Okay. No way. So yeah. I'll go to Destin first for a guess yeah. here then. Cypher Complex is fake. Okay. All right, going with Cypher Complex. Miranda, any, any thoughts?
2: That's what I want to choose. Uh, I'll, I'll do something different. <laughs> I'm going to choose Bonk, Brink of Extinction, because it's funny. <laughs> I don't think that's real.
1: Uh, well, right? I mean, speaking of TurboGrafx-16, uh, oh. I was just talking about East Bonk was a real game. Was, that was the Mario of the TurboGrafx-16, the, the, I've the look platforming this up. <laughs> series, Bonk. And I'm sorry, Miranda, but yes, Brink of Extinction was an attempt to bring Bonk back. In the 360 PS3 days. And I remember previewing it for OXM. And let's just say I'm glad it never came out. <laughs> it was not looking promising. Uh, so that was a real game. Force of the Dragon is the fake one in this ah. list. Scr- Scratch the Ultimate DJ was a real thing. Yeah. And Cypher Complex was a real thing.
0: Force of the for Dragon was my well. s- my second one, but I thought that might have been a code name or something for <laughs> uh, like Sleeping Dogs or whatever. Right. So
2: I, I couldn't even imagine what Bonk would be. I was like, who would name a character Bonk? Like, it's what is this? It's some kid
0: with a huge head.
2: Yes, it's a kid with a huge head, and it's set like yeah. in dinosaur time. So yes. I was like, "Oh, okay, this makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense." Because at first, I was like, "Is this just trying to be like really edgy or something?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's dinosaurs. That hey, my was... name's
1: Bunk. I'm super edgy and cool. <laughs> Ryan, what was Cipher Complex? Oh, I'd have to look it up, but that uh, yeah, I don't that one I don't recall off the top of my head. Scratch the Ultimate DJ was obviously a a DJ game in the in the sort of you know Guitar Hero rock band era. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, I don't remember Cypher Complex.
0: It was a stealth action video game that was being developed for Windows, PS3, and Xbox.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I remember it right, it was one of the, it had a like big ambition, but it just wanted to
0: revolutionize the stealth action genre. And there's footage of it out there.
1: There you go. The
2: the first two, we have like two search results at the top. Yeah. So we have 2006.
1: (laughs) Excellent excellent so there you go sorry nobody gets points which will make brandon happy when he gets back on the show hopefully next week and if anybody out there wants to send in a trivia question i welcome it i encourage it send your xbox trivia question to unlocked at ign.com please include four multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email that's also the same email address that you can send loot box questions to to just throw out there to the panel and we will discuss all right, it's time for us to head on out. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I already promoted all my stuff earlier in the show, so I'm uh, I'm good there. Miranda?
2: You can follow me at Havoc Grows and it's Havoc with a K on Instagram, Twitter, and now Twitch, because I am streaming Bioshock every Tuesday. Uh, if you have not played that game in a long time, I'm revisiting it because it is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, we sadly lost all the save data, or about two hours of work, at the lo- end of the last stream, but I have caught up. So uh, I'll be playing tonight at 7.30 p.m. PT. And also, big things in Guides' world, working on those Halo 2 skulls. So uh, keep an update on that if you guys want to find all the skull locations, even though they're already unlocked. But if you want the achievement, you got to go find them again. So,
1: Destin, take us home. Yeah,
0: personal stuff, I still stream, twitch.tv slash Destin, mixer.com slash Destin, youtube.com slash the Destin channel, because YouTube won't give me youtube.com slash Destin. <laughs> and then, uh yeah, work stuff, we're, we're like all hands on deck on the video side for summer of gaming, so it's going to be good. That's all I'll say.
1: Kicking off very soon. <laughs> all right, for Destin and Miranda, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 444 Palindromatic Edition. We will see you guys next week.